0: Welcome back to The Coop with Meyer Hatchery, where we talk all things poultry in hopes of educating crazy chicken keepers and inspiring future flock owners. I'm Kendra.
1: And I'm Jeff. And today we're talking about your flock goals.
0: That's right. With a new year comes new goals. For most people, it may be weight loss, quitting a bad habit, or getting organized. But for crazy chicken keepers, you may just find yourself setting some new flock goals.
1: Kendra, what are your flock goals this year?
0: This year, I am refraining from adding on poultry. Now, don't get me wrong. I have an order in line for April, but I'm trying to refine my breeds this year and really focus on the breeds I enjoy raising.
1: What do you mean by refining? That could mean reducing getting more of?
0: So I did that thing that most people do where they see a new breed and they like how it looks aesthetically, but it might not do so well in your climate like Silkies or the Appenzeller or what's another one? I have some that have really large combs that probably shouldn't be in my coop. So I'm trying to focus more on egg laying breeds and colorful eggs because I sell at market. So Trying to get something in line that produces well, good egg color, and just does well in my climate here in Michigan.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're a little cold up there.
0: <laughs> yeah, frostbite is is a real thing around these parts. And so I have had flock, uh, or I guess I have had chickens suffer from frostbite, so... What I did is I ordered kind of like a couple different assortments late last year when it was slim pickings. I jumped on. Um, And so I really wasn't picking for egg laying capacity. I was just picking birds to be compulsive and pick birds. So that's why I have a bunch of breeds that really don't benefit me in the market realm now. And so I'm looking to get out of that. So in our exclusive Facebook group, Inside the Coop, I posted some flat goals and kind of asked what others were looking to do this year. More chickens was, of course, everyone's number one, but I was kind of interested to learn too that there's a lot of people expanding their coops. Jeff, you've had to expand your coop setup a time or two, right?
1: Yeah, it, it started in the garage. Then I built a coop. Then I built another coop. Then it somehow ended up in the basement for the winter part of them. Yeah, I've expanded quite a bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's normal for new chicken keepers, too, because you typically start with like three to five chickens, say, for instance. That's where I was anyways. And then you add more. So you expand and then you typically add more or a new poultry type and then you expand again. Now you primarily raised. Ducks. So you had a huge like water consideration to take into mind too, right?
1: Yeah, I had um, my pens were not like your normal backyard pens. They were self contained units where I had the coop and where the ducks were playing in the water in pan in a big pan. Um, Not the normal, but I was doing call ducks and they're a little bit different than normal ducks.
0: Gotcha. So we had kind of like, I called it a dog house. That's literally what it looked like for our first chickens. And then we moved into a barn. We converted the back half of a barn, but I don't know if you know this yet, but chickens create a lot of dust and mm-hmm. dirt, yes. <laughs> like the film of dirt that lands on stuff. So the front part was storage. So once we had them in the back of that barn for one winter, we decided, okay, nothing else can be in this barn. Like it makes everything a mess. So we ended up cleaning out the entire barn and just converting it into one big chicken area. So mine is actually like a coop in the back, like our big main coop which goes out to a run and then I have a brooder area that we created. it's actually like two separate brooders Um, so I can rotate if I have multiple orders coming in (laughs) which I'm not going to do this year Um, and then I have like another coop inside the barn that doesn't have outside access so I use that to integrate new chickens so they go from the brooder to the internal coop where they can see the rest of the flock but can't Um, like interact with them and then from there they get moved into the big coop and then eventually we'll go in and out with the rest of the flock because i don't show chickens or anything mine are just backyard egg producers so i don't have to keep them separated for breeding or anything like that which you did
1: yeah we did um because we did not want our rhode island reds mixing with our americanas or (laughs) anything like that Mm -hmm. so they had to all be kept separate
0: So if you are one of those people who plans on getting more chickens this year, which I'm sure is like 99.9% of our listeners, then you definitely want to take into consideration how you're going to integrate those new chickens into your existing flock. It's not just as easy as plopping them in. Um, There is a pecking order. It's a real thing. So like I said, I do mine inside the coop. Um, A lot of people like to do it outside outside. It's actually nice because if you're free ranging, they can get away from each other and, you know, find their own space if needed. So they will typically pack each other at the feeder. Sometimes they chase each other around a little bit, but um, that's completely normal. If there's any pecking that gets to the point of bloodshed, that's where you have to separate them, give them a few more days, and then you could also try to reintegrate.
1: Well, on that note of separating, please use a broom. If you try to use your hands or feet, it hurts when you are clawed or pecked by chickens. It does. Yeah, they hurt.
0: <laughs> okay, so if you are adding chickens, that's one way to look at it. Now, what are your top suggestions for those people who are looking to get really crazy this year and add a new poultry type?
1: If you've only had standards, you need to branch out. Um If you've only had Rhode Island reds, get some other color in there. Get some other egg colors in there. There's so much to choose from. Um, We really expanded egg colors in the last few years. And it used to be just, you know, your Americana and your Easter egg. Now we got so much more to choose from. Uh, You can also go with guineas. Those are always uh, fun to have around if you have a lot of ticks and bugs. With a qualifier, you got to have the room. Guineas are not for everyone. You got to have acres and acres to have guineas. Then there's turkeys, heritage turkeys. Um, there's ducks. Ducks are always a good thing to have. There's a lot to choose from.
0: It really is. And I started, so I did start with chickens, obviously. And I did exactly what Jeff said. I continued to add different breeds. Um, different sizes, different egg colors, really just experiencing all of those. Because believe it or not, breeds are very different. So like an Orpington is very different than an Easter Egger um, or what's another good breed? White egg laying breeds versus brown egg laying breeds. There's a huge difference between those. And it's not just the color of the egg.
1: (laughs) Yeah, your white egg layers compared to, I mean, like the white leghorn, totally different bird than your Rhode Island Red.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. I considered getting geese this year.
1: Actually, my son's, yeah, one of the first 4-H projects. Uh, my son, my oldest son, got a goose, a brown African, and that was his pet. You know, followed him everywhere outside. They spent their afternoons out there. Yeah, they make good pets.
0: Now, how was the noise?
1: I lived in the country. There was always noise. Um <laughs> wasn't that bad no I didn't notice it actually the noise I heard more was the rooster crowing before I wanted to wake up
0: yeah I hear you on that one I have several roosters that like to crow at like 30 four o'clock like they crow at the weirdest time speaking of noises I decided to get uh, some guineas my aunt and uncle had guineas I thought it was gonna be okay I wasn't a huge fan of the noise they made because I had experience with them. Um, but some other people that live in my household thought otherwise and wanted to get some and try them out. Now, what's funny is the noise that they make irritated me for quite a while, but it got to the point where you just don't notice it anymore. So I'm sure it's probably the same thing with your goose. Like people would come over and be like, oh my gosh, what is that? And I was like, what? Like I just,
1: you just don't hear it anymore because you're used to it in the background all the time. Exactly. It's like having, you know, living in a town that there's a train that goes through Mm -hmm. you don't notice it after a while it's just part of the background noise
0: now i do recommend doing some research so if you're looking to expand poultry types as a flock goal this year do your research for where you live i was just on phones actually i was doing jeff's job because he wasn't doing it right I'm just kidding. He does fine. (laughs) But I was helping take some calls on the phone and I talked to a customer who was just looking for um, information on turkeys originally is where our conversation started. And they had heard about midget whites and they were really interested in getting just a few, but they lived, it sounded like they lived kind of maybe on the outskirts of town where they were a little bit restricted had relatively close neighbors, and not a huge backyard. And so I was talking to her, and yes, midget whites are one of the smallest turkey breeds. So they do really well for like smaller homesteads I would say but I also told her our minimum for heritage breeds is 20 so vastly different than just a couple for your backyard and two heritage breeds can fly which I don't think a lot of people really realize when they're comparing so you would have to clip their wings or contain them.
1: Totally true. You got to look at that.
0: So it was a really good conversation that we had because I think, obviously, we did our best to inform her about the different breeds, but it kind of turned her off turkeys, and then we went down the rabbit hole of meat birds. Um, And in our exclusive Facebook group, Inside the Coop, there was actually a woman who is talking about expanding her coop. So she's building a new one, I believe, which will house new layers, more of them. And then she's going to convert her old coop for meat birds. And it's going to be her first year raising meat birds.
1: Yeah, that's always a good second one to get into if all you've had is like Rhode Island Reds. I started doing that way back when, well, mainly for because of 4-H. One of the 4H projects for children is to raise white broilers.
0: And that's exactly right. We went from egg layers, then we did meat birds, and then we went into different poultry types. So Jeff did mention expanding egg colors, and I love egg colors. I've talked about this over and over again too. You have to have an Instagram worthy egg basket, Jeff. I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not. But no, it's I'm a not. thing.
1: I Instagram? No. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to get him on board with it. It's been a thing. So I have to teach Jeff all of these things that he's missing out on because he's not on Instagram. But I know if you are listening, you've probably seen them yourselves. Greens and blues and all the different browns. Morans are by far my favorite breed. I don't know if I should admit this um, in this episode or not, but I'm pretty sure I have every Moran breed now moran's breed it's with an s moran's breed i um started with black copper moran's and uh I fell into that rabbit hole quickly,
1: and that is a rabbit hole. <laughs> There's a lot of different ones there.
0: Why I like black copper morans is they produce one of the darkest brown eggs that you can get from Meyer Hatchery, and it's a really dark chocolate brown when they start laying. Now, what you should know with all colored egg layers is typically when they first start laying, their colors are a lot darker, and then as they continue to produce, it often lightens. That's true. So if you're looking for egg colors, um, definitely keep that in mind. Um, Nothing's wrong with your bird, nothing happened. It's just natural. In the winter, if you don't keep like a light on in your coop to keep them producing, you let them take their natural break. Then typically in the spring, when they start laying again, um, you'll see that egg color come back a little bit darker. But of course too, as they age, it also lightens. So I'm gonna take out my handy dandy catalog. Page 17, we have how to fill your basket with rainbow eggs. If you are thinking about um, changing up your egg color this year, definitely check it out. I'll be sure to link our digital catalog in the show notes below, too, so you don't miss out in case you don't have a paper version. And what we did there was we just listed some of our favorite breeds to help you get started. So, of course, I made sure Black Copper marines was on the list. Um, Another really interesting breed is the Well Summer.
1: I was just going to bring that up because that's I think that's the coolest eggs with the speckles on there. They're different. They're not just plain brown.
0: And the well-summer bird in general is pretty laid back, easygoing. I have a couple, of course. And their speckled eggs are fun because they're never the same. Like I have several well-summers and some of them lay tiny speckles, some of them have big speckles on them. Um, they're very different, and they're also a darker brown. So they look really nice when you have them set next to your black copper marines. Another brown egg layer that we recommended is the Astra white, which I recently added one. And they're a pretty interesting bird. They're like all white. They sometimes have some black speckle in them.
1: Cross- and that's them. a new Meyer Hatchery one. That's one that we have. A mixture of the black astolorp and the white leghorn, I believe.
0: I'm pretty sure you're right. So they're a really good egg producer too, because they have that white leghorn in them. And I mean, Black Australorp, they're so laid back. I have a bunch of those too. (laughs) And so the combination of the breed, it's just a, it makes for an interesting chicken. And so they lay kind of like a creamy brown egg. So it's a little bit lighter on the spectrum when you're looking for brown eggs. And so it's just kind of a nice, reliable brown egg that you can add to your basket. Speaking of that, the other breed that we have listed for brown eggs is the Golden Buff, which you all have to know by now is my favorite. It's what I started with. I stand by them 100%. They're well known in the commercial industry because they are a prolific brown egg layer. But if you're just starting and you're wanting eggs for your family, they're easy to handle, they're calm, they're docile, and they produce like no other.
1: Very true. With them laying an egg almost every day i've heard people say yeah my hen they haven't stopped laying for three weeks an egg every day and that's common
0: Mm -hmm. it really is and they lay big eggs too so i think they're like a large or extra large egg layer so i mean you just can't beat it and so if you're in the market business like i am you take your eggs to market i mean they are reliable they're going to keep producing for you to make sure you have something to sell The other breed that's on this list is the Lakeshore Egger, and I I swear every breed I say is my favorite breed, but I do also love the Lakeshore Egger, and I like them a little bit more than Easter Eggers. I know Easter Eggers are everyone's favorite. They are a great cost-effective color egg layer. The Lakeshore Eggers are a little bit more expensive. They can lay blue, green, or brown eggs, but... I love the coloring of Lakeshore Eggers, and some of them have floppy combs, which I think is kind of cool. And they are, so a lot of people were kind of like iffy about their blue eggs. I just recently got a Blue Americana, which is also on our list, and I think their blue eggs are pretty comparable to a Blue Americana. Some of them, obviously, they can lay all different shades because they're a hybrid, but my Lakeshore Egger kind of rivals my Blue Americana.
1: And that's one of the... Things I like about hybrid is the fact that you really don't know what you're going to get. It, it's a hybrid. It could be anything. <laughs> it's so you could get the brown eggs. You could get the blue eggs. You could get a big comb. You can get a small comb, all different colors.
0: It's a really great way to add variety to your flock inexpensively. So if you're looking to diversify not only your eggs, but just your birds, you know, so you're not having all Rhode Island red, like not all your chickens are red birds, hybrids is an easy and fast way to do so. Now you raised blue Americanas, right, Jeff?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, that we did. That was my son's. He had blue Americana. Mm-hmm. He was showing them.
0: And I love blue breeds anyways. I think they're, it's a cool color to add to your flock. Another breed that we have on our list is the green queen, which is new and obviously lays green eggs. What do you think about green queens, Jeff?
1: Again, it's a hybrid. So you're looking at one that could be any color. Some can be bearded, some can have feathered legs, some may even have five toes. It's another one, like we talked about earlier, where it's a colored egg, all different colors. Mainly, though, you'll get that that unique color olive green.
0: And I know that olive green is highly sought after too. So think of this list that we have in the catalog and some of these breeds we're talking about kind of as like a quick start guide (laughs) to rainbow eggs. These are just some breeds that we really like um, and that are pretty reliable. But of course, there's other breeds too that lay colored eggs. So you could go with a green queen. You could go with an olive egger. You go with a lakeshore and hope they lay a green egg. Um, There's a lot of different options out there. And really the last breed that we had on that list in the catalog is the white leghorn, who, of course, lays a bright, pure white egg.
1: Just like the grocery store.
0: And now I it's kind of funny because, of course, I have some white egg layers now because of those assortments I had purchased. But they um, I never was a white egg fan like raising chickens. I always liked the brown eggs and the different colors. And so I never purposely purchased a white layer. And now that I have one, there's something like so satisfying about that bright white egg in my colored egg basket.
1: Well, it shows off all the other colors.
0: Oh, there you go. (laughs) So if you're in the same boat as me, try a white egg layer. I think you'll like it. It's oddly satisfying to see it in that basket now. So, again, that's on page 17 of the catalog if you want a quick start guide. Um, But, of course, on the website, we have a new filter feature, which makes it super easy to click the egg colors you want, and it automatically pairs down the breeds and gives you some options to choose from.
1: Which is very handy.
0: It really is, especially for new chicken keepers who are unsure or, for instance, a lot of people sometimes want like a blue egg and a cold hardy breed or, you know, you have two characteristics you're looking for. That makes it easy to select both and boom, the website tells you. You don't have to do endless research anymore to try to determine that. So I think that covers the majority of flat goals we hear and see from our customers, from Adding new birds or more chickens, expanding poultry types, and expanding your coop to house all of these birds that you're adding. Whatever your flat goals are for 2021, we are here for it. And I hope you'll join our exclusive Facebook group, Inside the Coop, and let us know what your big plans are.
1: Thank you for listening to The Coop. Be sure to subscribe. And if you'd be so kind, drop us a review.
0: See you all next week.